Takeout is cool, but delivery gets pricey. So, like a phoenix from the ashes, indoor dining is back at Forge Eatery. I use the analogy because the food is fire. It's a new approach to farm the table. No overalls, just dope food. Try my favorites, like the mushroom stew with pine nuts and ricotta, the cornmeal fried happy oysters, and the seared duck breast. Also, ask about the chocolate chip cookie tins. Mini chocolate chip cookies with a dusting of sea salt. Simply delicious. Head on over to ForgedEatery.com to check out the current menu options and make a reservation today. Forged is located at 3520 Chestnut Avenue in Hamden. This episode of Getting to the Truth in This Art is brought to you by Charmington Holistics. If you're like me, you realize that now more than ever, it's important to have your wellness in check. That's where Charmington Holistics tonics come in hand. Charmington Holistics tonics contain a combination of nutrient-packed superfoods with herbal support and are meant to be enjoyed daily. These tonics are good and good for you. They can be enjoyed in a variety of beverages from coffee to cocktails. My favorite is Tummy, which contains turmeric and tastes just like root beer. These tonics are a wonderful way to add extra herbal support and nutrition into your diet. Head on over to the Best Little Herb Shops Instagram today at Charmington Holistics. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is the owner of a small batch bakery specializing in scratch-baked pies, pastries, specialty cakes, all types of tasty things. We have Allie Smith from Bramble Baking Company. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So... I eat a lot of bramble. No, <laughs> just go right into it. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to drool all over this microphone. So, um, so give us that, that rundown, that, that thousand foot view of what you, what, what your background is and how you came up with the concept around bramble. Um, so I actually am not a formally trained, um, pastry chef or baker. Um, so I, uh, studied to be an art museum educator uh, and that's actually what brought me to Baltimore originally. Uh, I moved here for a job at the Walters Art Museum. <laughs> but when I moved to Maryland, it was after living in Boston for um, eight years. And I uh, was definitely ready for a change of scenery in a, in a new city and place to live. Um, but, you know, when you move um, to a place that you haven't lived before, in my case, I had never lived in the mid-Atlantic. I was definitely looking for ways to... Um, get to know my new home. Um, one way I did that of, of a few was um, going to uh, my farmer's market around the corner from where I lived. Uh, at the time I lived in Riverdale, Maryland. One way I started to sort of like make sense of my new home was just um, through getting to know what was what at the farmer's market, like what's happening, what time of year in the mid-Atlantic and yeah. in the region. And so I um, ended up with a lot of produce in particular that I like often didn't have anything to do with. And uh, on the evenings and weekends, I just sort of obsessively made pies. Um, <laughs> and I just became really fixated on it as people do with new hobbies occasionally. And this one just kind of took over every evening and weekend for me. And I, um, got really, really into pie specifically <laughs> at first and Bramble has since you know, grown to be much, much more than pie, but that was sort of um, the spark for me. I actually, I mean, I feel like I always hear stories about bakers 
growing up baking, um, you know, with their grandmas, with their mothers, often like maternal figures and like women in households were really, you know, important to that process. But for me, I actually didn't really grow up in a family that was like, like food was obviously a thing that we gathered around and was important, but I, I don't really like feel like that was like, Oh, I wasn't at the hip of my grandma, like, like learning. <laughs> so, so it was a lot of like learning on the fly for me, to be honest. Sure. Like my grandma made some like mean box cakes and like some chocolate mayonnaise cakes and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, really like, um, kind of retro recipes that we would think oh. of now, but I definitely was doing a lot of like late in life learning about the process of baking. Um, I obviously studied to be an art museum educator. So I don't consider myself particularly science minded, but one thing I loved about baking was that it was kind of like this empowering, Oh, it's like a science that I can like make sense of. And, um, that felt really exciting for me as somebody that like had sort of arbitrarily categorized myself as like not a math and science person. So yeah, I just got really obsessed with it. And, you know, I, I think I'm learning more and more. I used to feel really embarrassed about the fact that like, I really didn't have a plan in starting Bramble. It happened like kind of organically and by accident, which just felt really silly. Like, Oh, like you didn't plan for this. Like, (laughs) um, it's not very business minded. Um, but I really have never considered myself super entrepreneurial and, um, yeah, it just kind of spiraled. And I would say when I, um, started to bring on folks to bake with, um, and to work with, um, at Bramble, that's when our like offerings really have exploded into what they are now. Um, so I work with, a a former pastry chef at like Bottega, Jamie Hacker and um, Emma Freya, who it comes from more of a um, like floral background. She actually worked at Be Willow. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I think that like having, being surrounded by more expertise and sort of like people interested in creating different kinds of desserts has really like allowed us to expand into like the pastry, cake, design studio pies, the whole shebang that we're able to offer now, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of, um, I think one thing that we are excited to do each week, especially for the farmer's market when we're at 32nd street is offer a really big array of choices. I love that like exciting feeling of like encountering all of these options. And so, um, I think together we're, we're able to create a spread that has a lot of variety going on now, which is really exciting. Absolutely. Um, does have a lot of variety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I do, I feel a little guilty when people are like, how could I possibly choose? But I love that feeling of overwhelm, you know, <laughs> like it's kind yeah, yeah. of exciting. Um, yeah. So, so that's where we're at now. And it's, yeah, it's grown beyond anything I could sort of imagine for it back in like 2017 when I started kind of like formalizing it <laughs> a little bit in quotes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a long winded answer. Sorry. Oh no, no <laughs> such thing as long winded. Uh, we're here to get the story. Uh, so 
you, you touched on like um, how the the offerings have increased um, as uh, uh, staffing and the the folks that you're working with have have increased. Um, so, what is the process of adding new menu new items to the menu at, at this juncture? And is there one thing on that menu that you're particular or recently on the menu that you've been particularly proud of? Like, oh yeah, I hit that one. That's a great one. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, so I touched on this a little bit and talking about just like the farmer's market origins, but a lot of the sourcing that we do, um, especially for things like produce, um, but also like the flowers that we use, um, F L O U R S, not the, the flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta make that <laughs> um, distinction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we use both kind of flowers. Um, but yeah, a lot of those things are coming from what's available any given month and any given week seasonally. Um, so working with local farms, um, especially in the winter where we're at right now provides you a sort of like limited structure because you have just only a certain set of options with which to roll with. So that's like a really great start for us is being able to look at like farms offerings, um, and get creative from there. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, my favorite uh, item on our menu is actually a cake. Um, And I think it speaks a little bit to kind of taking um, a nostalgic experience or like something we like to eat and drink and creating it in baked good form, which is kind of um, a a big jumping off point for me. Like I I think the most helpful piece of information I've received is just to bake things that you're really excited about personally to eat. So we have very little on the menu, honestly, that I wouldn't be very excited about because, you know, it's, it's designed with that in mind and hopefully people also like it, (laughs) but the (laughs) juniper citrus cake, which is sort of like a, a, a play on like a very refreshing citrusy gin drink. Um, so in this case, it's like referring to like sort of the juniper sort of has, um, gin vibes and Mm -hmm. I, really enjoy like a refreshing, um, like gin and tonic and just like a super simple <laughs> As do I. drink like that. Plus the like punchiness of the lemon curd that we have in it right now. I really am pretty proud of that cake. Um, that's, great. that's my, my favorite winter winter moment right now. Yeah. The juniper citrus cake. Okay. I mean, and, and I like the, I like that there is always a botanical thing. It, it just like when you, you mentioned that that connection with um, uh, forgive me, uh, the, the the person who's working with you that worked with the Willow. Oh, Emma. Emma. Kenny, Emma. Yeah. And uh, I, I got some because I, I had uh, Liz from B Willow on a podcast earlier, um, like in, in that what is it last season or the season before. And. I, I mean, I've purchased stuff for the uh, for Valentine's Day from there. And I was like, all right. And I was like, these things kind of go together. So I was really looking forward to this interview based on just the the aesthetic and that reputation is just that like there, there's flowers here. There's flowers on these cards. This is great. And there's flowers on your cakes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so hit me with a um describe a memorable response that you've gotten you you touched on it before with like get kind of um it's not necessarily decision fatigue but it's like oh my god this is so overwhelming but you know as far as so many options what you know i, I need a dozen of these uh describe <laughs> like a memorable response that you've had to your your baked goods um i so one thing that i'm really looking forward to with actually having our own uh, moving into a storefront space is that we will be able to like 
take part in a little bit more of those like customer reactions. Uh, Cause yeah. to be honest, being a pop-up bakery right now, a lot of times we're like baking what we're making for the day and then we send it out into the world. <laughs> and so a lot of what like the reactions that I hear about are like hearsay through my husband who works at the farmer's market yeah. and our, and our pal Laurel who, um, who man our like farmer's market stall. We actually don't, sometimes we, don't really know how things are received because we're just putting so i'm very excited to be in the space that we're like actually sharing things with people because that will be very exciting um i think that i am super that said when i do like cover at the farmer's market or spend short amount of uh, amounts of time there i'm really just like floored and humbled that like we can play like a day brightening part in people's weeks, um, sure. especially during the pandemic. Um, we've had folks, you know, say like, this is like the highlight of my week, like coming and getting, we have one, one, um, customer who's, um, a nurse and obviously healthcare workers feeling yeah. it right now. It's been a really hard year and she, she does come and get a bag of everything and just eats them throughout the week. And I think like, that is like, so overwhelmingly. Yeah it's like, it's everything. I just like really don't even know what to make of that. Um, and it's just very humbling and lovely to hear. So yeah, that's what sort of makes the the long days and the physical work very worth it. You know, totally. It's, it's, it's good to hear. It's good to get that feedback because, um, without it, um, it, it's just like, is this just going out there and it's just gone and all of the stuff that goes into whatever you're creating, whether it be you baking and coming up with the menu and coming up with the whole process, that, that whole process, cause it's, you know, it's a lot that, that goes into what, what's being done to the finished product. And I had to start thinking about like, and what I do, like, you know, I had a guy come to me and he was like, how do we, you know, how can we, um, systematize what you do and he's like how many hours are you putting into a one hour podcast in product and i was probably i was saying like probably four hours maybe six mm -hmm. and you know not getting that response from people when you're putting out this stuff and as you you know touched on earlier like vulnerability that's there um and just not getting any feedback but when you get something that's 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 positive or something that's like wow listen to this this is great it's great to hear about um different creative processes i'm happy about the work that you're doing that that's, that means something that feels yeah. feels great to hear so getting that it's almost like an affirmation it's like oh thank you yeah <laughs> here <laughs> extra butter this time or, or whatever <laughs> i don't know uh, so so you, you touched on um, the new physical um, location and it's, it's in a great area. Um, so how in that, it, so speak on that a little bit and also maybe how important social media has been for how the business has been structured up until this point. Yeah. Um, so we actually looked at the space, which is in Hamilton, Lauraville in Northeast Baltimore and, um, Five four one four Harford Road. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that shameless plug already. <laughs> I do love the I do love the ring of the address, like five four one four. Like it just has a nice like a rhythm jingle. to it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we looked at this space actually um, a whole calendar year ago now, um, and we're definitely not ready to move out of our current kitchen rental yet. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, commercial kitchen space is 
very expensive and um, we've been baking just south of the city in a spot where like, you know, the price is really right. We've had a lot of space to, to grow, but um, definitely we're starting to feel the growing pains. We're sharing with, we're sharing a kitchen with a um, successful catering and like small food business, Gundalo Gourmet, that's opened up in Whitehall Mill. So they are really ramping up what they're doing. And we are also ramping up for farmer's markets that we just ran out of room. So we were like, all right, by necessity, we've got to move. So we've got to start looking for places. Um, I haven't lived in Baltimore for too long. Like I said, I lived in Boston before I moved here. um, And I um, have gotten to know kind of central Baltimore more. I live in station North, um, but have definitely, um, spent some time in Northeast either on cake deliveries and, and bake good deliveries, or just like, there's so many small, great small businesses that I frequented in the like Hartford road corridor there, the main street. Um, so I was always really excited about it because it has this sort of like main street feel while still being in Baltimore, like it's, it's a great like, um, neighborhood feel while still being in the city. So we had looked at it, but it wasn't the right time. And I was just really grateful that it was still up for grabs a year later. And so, um, so we signed the lease and, um, I think that as far as your question about social media, that, you know, it's, it can be a weird place. Instagram, (laughs) Instagram is a weird place. And I never, I never thought, of it as, um, I think probably because I wasn't necessarily thinking forward to Bramble growing as a business when it first started out, I was sort of thinking of it as, you know, a project, um, something I was really excited about, but a hobby. I didn't really realize the, the power of it at first and sort of like really having people feel like they're connected to what you're doing. But I, I always tried to use it really authentically. Um, And really tried intentionally to not give it too much thought, if that makes sense, because I figured that once I started thinking like too much about it, it would lose its, its power. You know, I think it would, I, I find sometimes like some social media accounts can feel like a little robotic and I, I still wanted it to sound like, you know, I was me and we're growing as a business now. So, you know figuring out what that looks like to sort of reflect all the voices involved in, in what we're doing, I think will evolve and change, but um, it's been really great to have such a like easy organic outlet to get the word out about things happening. I was blown away by the response when we announced that we were moving. Um, And, you know, we did a a GoFundMe campaign to sort of start helping with some of those costs in addition to, going through the loan application process and all of those things. And, and I think Instagram has been completely essential to that. Like it's connected me to other bakers and, and, you know, inspirational business owners in other cities that, you know, I can have conversations with about really like tough topics. Like, um, there are just people out there thinking really critically about the food that they make. And I find Instagram, when I'm using it the right way and not <laughs> doom scrolling <laughs> to be a really helpful tool in connecting me to those people. Yeah. I think at its root, if, if you use it, as you said, like, like properly you are using it, right. You're able to connect with people. And, you know, I, I had a lot of trepidation of um, my approach, but I was like, this is the system that I utilize. Mm-hmm. Like 
I got to slide to people's DMs to be able to set it. I don't want to like post something that ultimately is, hey, would you want to be on this podcast? On like someone's message? I was like, it's just you start getting the wrong people hitting you back. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I didn't intend you, you know, like, uh, what, what is it? I didn't intend you, um, Necronomicon or whatever account that's following, you know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> You get yeah, some weirdos you set out the boundaries, there. But <laughs> yeah. So here, here's here's an interesting question I have. Um, it's it's a uh, so if you could have dessert with anyone, uh, who would the person be, and what would you have for dessert? Oh gosh. This is where it starts to get harder in the podcast a little bit. I'm, I, I do like these sorts of questions. Um, I feel like I, in, I interviewed for a lot of positions that were like educator positions and yeah. educators love icebreakers and hard questions <laughs> like this. <laughs> so I'm familiar, but I was always terrible at the, like, who would you want to have dessert or dinner with? Mm -hmm. I do know what I'd have for dessert, which is, coconut cream pie because it's my Ooh. favorite dessert we actually have not made it um mm. in part because i'm i'm too afraid to make my favorite dessert you know you do you do sort of like want to do justice to your like ultimates right <laughs> yeah that was a real look of smugness on my face <laughs> so, hmm. say more <laughs> i've made it for family but i um I really like eating other people's coconut cream pies as well. And there are many people that make a mean coconut cream pie. As far as who I would have dessert with, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know what? Hold on. I, I can, I can maybe help, help out with it. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, in the world of celebrity, if that, if that, if that helps, like what celebrity would it be? Cause I think it was maybe the question was a little too broad. So it I would was be. Like, I was really trying to rack my brain like a food, a food celebrity, and I okay. don't have like somebody in that realm that I feel like. Not that there aren't people doing amazing things out there, but I'm just blanking on them at the moment. I have a lot of like baking idols, but um, okay. we we listen to a lot of Rihanna in the kitchen. Okay, <laughs> great. No, this is a ridiculous answer, but if Rihanna <laughs> would deign to have coconut cream pie with me, and I could just sit with Rihanna. She doesn't even have to talk to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. She doesn't have to say anything to me. <laughs> but in honor of the fact that she has gotten us through many a 2 a.m. baking yeah. shift, I feel uh, like that would only be fair to share some with her. <laughs> and that, that is a great answer. Um, you know, just, hey, you know, we're not going to play your music. We're not going to do that. We're just going to enjoy. I don't want to put this... any pressure. I don't even need to ask her for new music that we're all waiting for. It just, I just want it. <laughs> That's great. It could just be. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So I want to get um, maybe your insight on some of the challenges that, you, you face because it's, it's kind of a like like outside of COVID because we, we kind of all understand that that's just atypical of what the normal would be right um what are some of the challenges you face um as a in that in the baking space but also in the entrepreneurial space because I would imagine they have some there's some overlap but there is some differences so maybe you know speak on that a bit yeah for sure um so as implied, because of my background, there's a big learning curve for me. So I'll, I'll preface it with that. But there are um, also some things that are really important 
to me to carry with us as we start growing um, and things that we're thinking about sort of as a group. Um, that definitely presents some challenges because um, food and beverage uh, is a space of really low profit margin. Um, traditionally, it's really it's really expensive to make food and it's really expensive to um, use local ingredients. Um, it's, uh, it's expensive to have a kitchen space and, you know, all of the bills that come with it. Um, and truthfully, I, I feel strongly about like, as we move forward, um, you know, really prioritizing a living wage and a kitchen environment that, um, provides like work-life balance and, Mm -hmm. um, really moves away from um like toxic kitchen environments which which because it's such tough like physical work um the sense that i have is that that's you know sometimes a reality in in food um and so i think like there is a tension there in wanting prices to be accessible while Mm -hmm. wanting to like give back to your employees and really value them um and create a, a work environment and food that's like truly, you know, allowing people to live their fullest lives outside of work too. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, as we move forward, that like taking care of our people and making enough profit in order to do that. And also making enough profit to be able to like not be producing food and waste that's detrimental to the earth and planet, like juggling those three, three things, um, I think is definitely a challenge, but one worth having and one that like, I don't think Bramble, you know, really needs to exist if we're not prioritizing those right. things. So, so having, having those challenges, you know, as the ones that we're, we're moving forward and trying to prioritize, I think um, is really important to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that like sums up my biggest like existential challenge yeah, yeah. at the moment. I think there are many, many, you know, small prongs from that, but you yeah. know, that sort of um, prioritization of, of taking care of people and also trying to give back whenever we can to um, reallocating money to mutual aid efforts and um, you know, uh, uh, great causes and organizations in the city, uh, is important to me too. Um, if I'm going to have a, a for-profit business, that's, that's really something that I want to prioritize moving forward. And all those things are just challenging when you're, when you're trying to also, you know, pay farmers enough source ingredients that, that, um, you know, pay the hands and labor that, that harvested those ingredients of fair wage. You know, there's a lot of yeah. just like really complicated, deep issues as I'm sure, many people in, um, I was listening to your Mount Royal soaps episode (laughs) the other day and, you know, he was talking about palm oil and like, you know, sourcing for their soaps as like, you know, something that, that they're always thinking about. And I think there's, there's so many layers that you can peel back in food. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of want to make sure we're always being mindful of and, and digging for those questions and making sure we're doing the best that we can by the most people we can, if that makes sense. It, it makes sense and it, it's great and it's good to hear that that is 
kind of uh, it was a term they used to they used at a previous employer, their their north star. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those like guiding principles, and it reeks of um, in, in the most positive way possible, like social responsibility and responsibility for the community that you're in. And I think that oftentimes, because we're so oriented around for profit, it's like everything else be damned, yeah. and it's just like eh, like right now, right? I I think it's a very advantageous and kind of challenging spot outside of the pandemic and 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 and, and making money and all of that stuff but some people and, and those are all important things and but some companies some businesses and some individuals they have not been the best on social media and i think people don't forget it and you kind of have certain things sticking out there that shows that Oh, the foundation of what your business practice or is or what your creative practice is, it was rooted in things that aren't the most savory and aren't mm-hmm. the most community oriented. And you you start seeing it as things get hard and people don't forget those things. Yeah. But to hear that, you know, that's really important for you. Like, this is why I'm, this is why I bought pastries from you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like you're you just come off as, as good people and and I, I admire to hear I, I appreciate hearing that. Thanks. Uh so I got two more questions. One is a ball buster question that I did not give you initially. All right. Yeah. Yeah. At me. <laughs> this, this might be the question that gets you kicked out of Baltimore. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to ask you this one first before we get to that, 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 uh, that, that tough question, the hot seat question. Uh, mm-hmm. So this, this question, um, in your opinion, if you can finish this sentence um, and expound on it, if you like, Baltimore needs more of what? I think Baltimore needs more resources put into the hands of people that like can have work to put out there. Like I think about Baltimore as a, one of the reasons I, I was really attracted to it and felt at home once I moved here is that people have so many amazing projects going on like your yourself or so many different folks that I've met here are artists, activists, and they have their hands in like 12 different buckets and are wearing 12 different hats. <laughs> and I sometimes wish, and I see it happening sometimes, but I, there are so many people that I want to be given more resources and more platforms to be able to share those, those projects more widely. Does that make sense? I just like, absolutely. I want more like money and resources in, in like artists and activists hands. And like, I see it happening. I see the billboards and station North being taken over by (laughs) local work. And, um, you know, it's really exciting, but I just think that like, there is like, everything's teeming with ideas and teeming with projects that are already started and like Mm -hmm. just need a place to be, shared and I get really excited, you know, when there's new art galleries for that reason, any number yeah. of, you know, like I just want those, that like infrastructure in order for that to keep being shared more widely to keep growing. Yeah. It, it's important. And I get on it because I, I feel like it, it was, it's interesting. Um, the beginning of the season, I, I had the like esteemed pleasure to interview um, Rebecca Hoffberger from AVAM. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like outside of art and, you know, in terms of gassing the person up, she really gassed me up. I was like, well, well, thank you. I felt I had a really high <laughs> level of self-esteem afterwards. I was like, Rebecca, thank you. <laughs> and I, I always have felt in that spot of, of being a person that's 
an outsider in like, I talk to artists, I talk to entrepreneurs, but I'm, I'm neither. And I was like, well, I'm, 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 I'm overlapping in both though. And that's the thing I have to, to recognize. And in addition to that, I kind of see things from this, this standpoint that I, I really do agree with what you're saying about those, those resources said very plainly. I think we're under the impression here that there is a pie that has eight slices. I think five of those slices are already earmarked and we're, but we're still told that there's eight slices. There's really three. And it's always just not a, not, not enough that's out yeah. there. And the people that may get it may have, they may not need it or they may not need it as much as someone else. And I think it's important to when, when possible help amplify and help put them out there. And it's, you know, one of the really cool byproducts of doing this podcast that I'm able to help people get a few more hits, a few sales yeah. and, you know, a few, a few visitors. So that's yeah. been cool. Yeah. It's a direct, I mean, it's a very like personal way that you can kind of help counter address and address some of those like systemic barriers to, to certain people having that access over others. And yeah, it's important. And every little bit helps, I think. Um, yeah. And I hope we can sort of build some of that into Bramble space, whatever it may look like as well. I'm excited for that aspect of it. Um, I am as well. And that possibility <laughs> too. Yeah. So now here's the, here's the tough question. And again, I'm going to thank you before. You <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Massachusetts, right? Coming from Massachusetts. Uh, clams are a thing there. Seafood's a thing. Oh, I'm going to have a terribly boring answer to whatever you're about to ask, but go oh. for it. Sorry. <laughs> So seafood's a thing here as well. Uh, who has the best crab cake? I'm allergic to shellfish. No! <laughs> I okay. knew it was coming. I was like, oh, he's gonna, it's going to be about crab cakes. I'm, I'm certain, even without having eaten them, that Baltimore has better crab cakes. If I recall, like, I don't think they were as much. Like, clam chowder was huge in yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and like the uh, lobster rolls, right? Not in lobster rolls. Yes. Very much a lobster roll place. Um, but I would be willing to bet money that crab cakes are better here. Um, well, yeah. I just did not see them that much in, in New England. And I just have a feeling that Baltimore makes them better. <laughs> I, I, feel like that, I feel like that's our thing or what have you. So, so, I, so I'm going to have to just, I'm going to do an NA on that one. You're, you're allergic. So you, you couldn't really answer that. Okay. Uh, let me try another one. I got one other one. Uh, what is your favorite landmark in Baltimore? Oh, um, this isn't so much a landmark. Um, I do love the pagoda. I, there's something about the pagoda that is just like really nice to come across when you're, when you're walking in, in the park or around Patterson park. Um, but my favorite, my favorite place is actually the Arboretum. Um, okay. the Silburn Arboretum. Yeah. And so like whenever I see that building, the Silburn building, I, and those, you know, the creepy women that are like <laughs> sitting next to, they're like sitting over and looking over the, uh, the garden next to the mansion. Yeah. I'd say they're my favorite landmarks because whenever I'm like at the Arboretum, it's usually like a very great decompressing moment. Like after a long kitchen shift or something like that. And sure. so like, I just get this feeling of like, ah, and it's not even the building. Um, yeah. It's like more that I know the 
the plants are near <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and here here is the place of trees and like, <laughs> it sounds like I a very the arboretum yeah it sounds that was a very like uh poison ivy from batman lore kind of <laughs> answer oh the plants are here ah great <laughs> friends <laughs> so um so you've listened to a few of the podcasts so you know how this this last segment goes um shameless plugs what do you got social media all of that good stuff oh man i kind of like uh, peppered it in there didn't i um you can find us at uh www.bramblebakingco.com i will say people sometimes have trouble finding the website because we are sometimes known as Bramble Bakes because of our Instagram, but that Instagram handle was taken. So we have a very confusing <laughs> many Bramble names and variations of Bramble Bakes slash Bramble Baking Co. But we are BrambleBakingCo.com. Um, and while we're in this weird moving situation, um, which has put a pause on some things like special cake orders, you can still find us every Saturday at the Waverly Farmer's Market. Um, yeah, we're at 32nd Street on Brentwood Avenue. So right behind Black Rock Orchards, outside the center where the people are. We're just on the outskirts. <laughs> we'll move yeah. our way in slowly but surely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that's on the list. And as um, you know, we're, while we're recording this, the weather is not terrible. So I think, uh, you know, definitely be over there on, on, on a Saturday in the near future for, for obviously for a few things. But yeah, this, this Saturday is supposed to be a little rainy, but I'm looking forward to it not being 15 degrees <laughs> that matters that matters handing people frozen baked goods has hurt my heart a little bit recently so i'm excited to have them saw out of it <laughs> yeah so um that's pretty much all i have um so i'll do my sign off and that'll be that so uh for for ali from uh bramble bakes uh i'm just gonna use the social media because you know you said it. For it yeah it works. um i'm rob lee saying that there are delicious baked goods businesses just people just doing great things in and around baltimore you just gotta look for it